Rejection most times is the redirection we need to unlock our truest potential. Life puts us in some uncomfortable and unexpected situations despite our efforts and plans. So how do we look at failures as opportunities? How do we deal with life's uncertainties, identify some losses as wins, all while not labeling ourselves as total losers or failures? You'll find out right here on Redirection with Terry Carell. Hi everyone, welcome to Redirection with Terry Carell. It has been a minute, but 50,000 downloads later, we are still here. I mean, 50,000 downloads, it blew my mind when I got the notification. And considering I haven't been the most consistent person in the world, it really is a testament to how much you rock, you ride, you roll, you stick, you stay with me and this podcast. Thank you to each and every one of you who continues to listen to the podcast, who continues to share it within your network. I really appreciate it. Uh, I had no idea that my podcast had over 285 uh, reviews and comments. And the fact that persons went out of their way to describe or to to, to express uh, how much the podcast means to them or which episode resonated the most, it really is one of the most encouraging things, which is probably one of the reasons why I managed to be back. Now, you know, for those of you who are a part of my online community, you probably are aware that the demands on me as an event host, as a speaker, as a mom, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And sometimes that really affects my itinerary to the point where I can't even figure out where I have time to schedule in these interviews. But having uh, moved around, having received direct messages and emails and meeting persons uh, in, in person, uh, and they tell me, T, you know, when are you starting back? We know you're busy. We know you're being productive. But, you know, when are we going to get a new episode? You know, we've been patient, which you guys have been. Thank you so very much. But, you know, when are you going to do it? And it was just recently that I met amazing young professionals uh, on a at a particular conference. And from 90, I think they were like 19 and 20, young, young people. And, they, you know, Kyle in particular, 19-year-old, fantastic youth leader, who said, you know, I listen to it when I'm in the car. You know, I listen to it when I'm washing the dishes. I listen to it when I'm cleaning. I've re-listened every single episode, Terry Carell. I really need you to do a new episode. And so Kyle, this one is definitely for you. If you're new to the community, I mean, welcome. Uh, you can always find me at Terry Carell across all social media platforms. Go ahead, use hashtag redirection with TK. And you know what? You can find me on my website, terrycarell.com. And if you have a story that you think is along the veins of redirection or you know somebody who is, go ahead, uh, visit terrycarell.com and you can contact me and give me that information and I'll see if it is something that we could arrange. So the format for this one. So yeah, I'm back. Yay. Yeah. Just came from Birmingham, UK, delivered my first TEDx talk. I haven't even spoken about that, but that's for another podcast, right? That's another episode. But uh, I recently sat down with Mr. Dushan Savadia, who is the CEO and founder of the Amber Group. And I sat down with him at the National Youth Consultative Conference on October 7, 2021. 
And this year's virtual conference was organized by the I Believe Initiative, an arm of the Governor General's Program for Excellence. So you must be wondering, okay, so Terry Carell, what does this have to do with redirection with Terry Carell? I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm going to hold your horses. So in this particular interview, believe it or not, this should have been a keynote uh, presentation that was done by Mr. Savadia. And at the very last minute, uh, it was decided, let us just have it in an interview style. And even though he did come to speak about a particular topic for our youth attendees at this National Youth Consultative Conference, I now had the opportunity to control the conversation, to guide the conversation. No? And the very first question I asked him was what I ask every single guest who sits in the redirection seat. I asked him, so is this what you wanted to do? He's a huge entrepreneur, a tech disruptor. He's a humanitarian and advocate for social change. And I'm like, did you ever see yourself here? And that one question opened up our conversation for so much more that afterwards the entire room was quiet and Tony Aiken, who, uh, who was our sign language interpreter, who was also a guest on this show, said, Terry Carell, I am so inspired by what Mr. Savadia had to say. He's the perfect guest for redirection with Terry Carell. And so I just want to take the opportunity to thank the, the I Believe Initiative. Uh, thank you so very much for permitting me the opportunity to share this interview because it is everything that redirection with Terry Carell stands for. And I hope that you will be as inspired uh, as we were on that day. So this is Mr. Dushan Savadia, CEO and founder of the Amber Group. I certainly hope you take some notes. This is Redirection with Terry Carell, and it starts right now in partnership with Toyota Jamaica. Life is you want to get the most out of every minute and every mile of your life. That's why Toyota is the brand most Jamaicans drive for life. Reliable, affordable, and durable. Everything you want from a vehicle, Toyota delivers. Enjoy your life's journey with a Toyota. Toyota Jamaica. Let's go places. Here to speak with us, I'm so pleasured and so uh, privileged to be on the stage with him, Mr. Dushan Savadia, CEO and founder of the Amber Group. And he's not just a CEO, you know, he's a technology disruptor, a humanitarian, a global entrepreneur, and an advocate for social change, which made him the perfect person to take on a topic such as this technology, SDGs, and everything in between. Mr. Savadia, welcome. Very good morning, Kerry. How are you? I am well, thank you. Um, New theme, YCC, we're building resilience um, to the path to recovery to and for and with Jamaican youth. And technolo technology has been a huge part of, of, of this. Before we get into our conversation, just so that other persons can get a better idea of you, you know, was this your big plan as a youngster? You know, we're all asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, did you say, I want to take over the world, do social good by using technology? Um, well, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I think the way life spanned out for me was quite different. Mm -hmm. I was, in my youth, was an alcoholic. I used to drink a litre of rum every night for almost five, six years. 
I used to smoke 50 to 60 cig cigarettes a day, a very angry, violent person by nature. At the age of 19, my parents kicked me out of the house because they just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't sort me out. Um, they tried to put me into rehab, I went into drugs, and they just didn't know what else to do. At the age of 19, I used to live in India at that time, I, I was born in India, and they kicked me out of the house at the age of 19. And I arrived in the capital of India, which is New Delhi, and uh, came off the train station with, with about $50 US in my pocket, roughly, Indian currency, and looked around and I said, where, where, where do I go from here? What am I going to do? What do I do from here? And of course I knew the money I have in my pocket is not going to last for more, <laughs> more than a few days. And my first immediate reaction was, okay, now I'm on my own. Mm -hmm. And now I need to build my life. And I was very apologetic and my brains woke up that, you know, I've, I've really uh, embarrassed my family. I've embarrassed my um, society yes. I lived in. I embarrassed my country in many ways also by not being a good citizen. Mm -hmm. And I realized, okay, this is it. I need to build my way up. So I started working as a waiter in a restaurant for almost three months, serving Ooh. dishes <laughs> left, right, and center because I needed food to eat Absolutely. and some place to sleep. And um, I still remember the owner of the restaurant one day, I dropped a glass from my hand and it fell down and it broke. And he came and gave me a tight slap on my face. Really? And he said to me that, do you know how many generations of my family has worked to build this restaurant? And you, you being so careless, mm -hmm. and I was careless listening to music. And, <laughs> and, and that was the day I re realized the value mm -hmm. of money, value of, uh, uh, you know, businesses. And I started my true career from that day. And in short space of time, I went into becoming a call center agent. Yes. Um, then I worked for some very large um, uh, uh, com companies. Eventually, by 1999, I was heading uh, a substantially large corporate in India for training and development. And that is when I was introduced to the Art of Living Foundation, which is one of the world's largest nonprofit organization. And I did this happiness program yes. for four days, which taught me meditations, breathing exercises, and all of a sudden I felt a different person. And all of a sudden I realized life is a lot more than just making money mm -hmm. and running a successful business or being a great employee for another business. Mm -hmm. Life is to give back. Life is to do more for the society. And I today stand firm and say that I think we misunderstood why businesses should be there. Yes. The purpose of commerce, purpose of business is not just to fulfill a, a need of being profitable, mm -hmm. fulfill a need of being the best. It's also taking responsibility for the society. Hmm. It's also ensuring that your businesses are able to contribute, whether through technology or talent. Correct. Whatever you're producing for the society or giving to the society is actually making a meaningful difference mm -hmm. in the growth of our society. Now we turn around and say anything that is a social responsibility, it is government yes. responsibility. It's not our responsibility. I agree to that to some extent, but not fully, mm -hmm. because the government can only do so much. It is the corporate responsibility, it is the social responsibility of every individual with talent or as a business to do more to change the society, whether it is the educational sector, mm -hmm. whether it is the health, the health mm -hmm. or name it, any, any industry, agriculture or mm -hmm. name it, everywhere 
as corporate citizens our responsibility becomes to diversify and do more and yes. this is where we come back to today's topic yes technological justice yes well well, well and i'm known with and first of all i think um, I appreciate your openness because a lot of the times our youth are looking on and they see these amazing persons. We read about you in the newspaper. We may see you on the news and we just think they just got there. But I think it's always so important to hear where you are coming from so that it inspires and motivates others saying, well, that is me or maybe that was my thinking. But if I stay on this path or if I change my mindset or who my friends are, maybe I could get to that uh, place as well. So I thank you so very much. Just to for add that. there uh, quickly, Kikari, from uh, 2001 till 2015, I was uh, serving a humanitarian organization, mm -hmm. traveled around the world, taught stress management courses. Even in Jamaica, I came to Jamaica in 2012. Mm -hmm. And for the first three years, I was teaching stress management and rehabilitation program in the prisons. I taught nearly 3,000 inmates in the prisons in Jamaica to overcome their violence tendencies right, and, and take resolution. more responsibility for themselves. Early 2015, and, and you made a good point, everybody looks from outside and think, look at this progress of this company and look at how well they are doing and look at this guy and such nicely dressed yeah. all the time and driving a Woke up like that. It's not easy. And I can tell you, 2015, January 2nd, I will never forget that day. I was completely broke. I had no food in my fridge. I had no gas in my car, no rent to pay, and no fuel that I could pay to purchase and drive around also. This was January 2nd, 2015, six years ago from now. And that was the day I realized that as a humanitarian, yes. charity cannot happen from an empty bowl. Uh -huh. You need money. Oh, wow. Can and you just repeat that one more time? Can you just repeat that one more time? Charity cannot happen from an empty bowl. All right. You need money. You need finance to be successful in running your entrepreneurship or uh, running a humanitarian organization also. And that is the day I decided that rather than going for sponsorships and so on, why don't I build businesses? Create. Create, create businesses that can create a sustainable funding mechanics for uh, 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 doing my charitable passion that I have for Jamaica. And since then, if we've been grown at a lightning speed. We st started with Amber Connect in a 600 square feet little room. I can't even picture 600 feet and how many people? Just me alone in, uh, in my uh, living room in my little apartment with only boiled rice and boiled potatoes for a month because I didn't have money to buy food till a friend of mine sent a big box of grains. <laughs> um, I sat down only thinking one thing, what can I build? Mm -hmm. How can I build something that not only solves certain pain points Correct. in the society, mm -hmm. but at the same time creates or generates enough profit that I can give back and build more. Continue the sustainability the and the cycle. And that is how the Amber Group started in 2015. It was not of any intent to become this big billionaire and become this big uh, capitalist mm -hmm. company. It was built on a single purpose, a single motive to do good for our society, for this land where I breathe and I eat food from. Wow, and that seed has watered and now we've seen so many different branches. So we're now talking about technological justice. And for many of us, we might have heard the term justice and maybe we heard the term technological, but maybe not together, not paired. So for our youngsters, for any of our viewers who might be watching, what, what is it? Let's understand this term first of all. What is technological justice? Mm -hmm. Technological justice. Technological. Right? 
why why did we bring the word justice with technology and i thank uh, i believe to come up with this topic um and think about uh, having putting some attention to this particular topic of technological justice if you define justice by itself if you define technological justice it simply to me means how do we prevent mm-hmm. creating any gaps <laughs> and deficits and we make technology available to everyone and anyone yes without any barriers of classes or barriers of race or barriers of uh, uh, eliteness versus poverty yes technology is everybody's uh, it's a right. birthright it's a right it yes. is everybody's uh, uh, need mm-hmm. and i believe like food water and shelter technology in the modern world is also taking the same shape mm-hmm. to run our day to day chores run our day to day businesses run everything so as entrepreneurs as technological minded people what we need to think about one what technology are we willing to produce mm-hmm. jamaica has long known to be a consumer of technology yes. not a producer correct amber has changed that if you look at the products that we build they are sold in 30 countries across the world and why is it that amber decided to build all these technological products and export it around the world is again to bring this technological justice that also means we make things affordable for yes, everyone yes. we make things simpler that anybody can understand anybody can utilize and it fits into your day to day need i'll share with you a good example um um carry that once uh, back in 2015 when we first launched amber connect mm-hmm. which is our vehicle tracking and vehicle security product i remember when it launched great we built a beautiful device i went to china stayed in a little room for 3 months and learned the entire business came back and i built my own software um and when we first built it carry we launched it we had about 200 300 customers in jamaica brand new company and i like many entrepreneurs i also didn't have uh, any uh, association right no links as we no say in jamaica no links yeah uh, what do we say here who knows who kind of a thing who can give you some uh, recommendations i didn't have that so i had to go plow the road myself and hmm. and kind of uh, do everything myself those days but when we first launched and i'm sharing this because technology injustice will stop when entrepreneurs like us continue to innovate mm-hmm. and continue the 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 uh, uh, journey of making it more affordable and making it easier to be accessible yes. by everybody yes. only then this injustice will stop hmm. right so when i started this business we built it great you can see your app and you can see the vehicle moving in real time you can do everything but one morning at about 9 am a gentleman came to my office very sad upset and he came in and that time my office was also like 200 square feet tiny tiny little <laughs> office we had two staff there <laughs> and middle of the night if somebody would call for customer support we would pretend to be a big comp- <laughs> c- c- company and say um customer service how may i help you and this is me by the way uh, no it was actually another <laughs> colleague of mine we shared the apartment together and she would pick up the call and say good evening amber connect may I assist you and then say can i speak to your te- technical support and this is 1 o'clock at night and 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 this, put it over to this you. friend of mine will come knock my door <laughs> dushan dushan there is a customer service issue 
And I will take the phone, and while it's on music, and say, um, good evening, I'm a technical support, can I help you? <laughs> and this is the journey I have gone through. And I'm like everybody in Jamaica mm -hmm. who's faced the same challenges of getting funding, yes. same cha challenges of non-believer, same investor issues when you take it to an investor. No, man, this is not going to work. Yeah. Or, yes, it will work, but we will buy you out at peanuts. Yes. Or you have to step down as a CEO and let us run the business. But that morning, I will never forget, which is what created this mindset in me, why I'm sharing this story with all of you to, today. A gentleman walks in and says, Dushant, um, well, he didn't know my name, he walks in and says, um, I lost my car. And I, I got terrified because yes. we built this fantastic technology that if to the mitigate. car starts or something Correct. happens, you get a notification and man said boss i was just too tired i slept off your app did what it was supposed to do it notified me when the car started when the device was disconnected and it sent me alerts that the vehicle was speeding at a particular speed it gave me an alert that it left my home location it gave me all the alerts i just wanted to let you guys know that your system works he came to praise me although the car was stolen and he was upset really? about it but that brought another shift in how I thought I need to conduct my uh, technology mm -hmm. uh, uh, mm -hmm. arm. I realized one thing, that I need to innovate more. Yes. Just by creating an app application which produces the data was, wasn't enough. Mm. I didn't sleep for two nights, just thinking, how do I mitigate this risk? Because people are going to lose their car when they're sleeping. Correct. Or they'll see the data, when but it, it wouldn't necessarily help anything. So over the next two days, I thought and thought and thought and I drew up my whiteboard and what logic can we put? What algorithms can we build? What can we do to mitigate this risk? And then the light bulb came and I decided to build something what we know as Amber Shield and has protected close to 600,000 real-time theft of vehicles across the world already in 30 countries. So what I did, I said, hang on a second, how how can we teach our cars to become independent of the owner to protect itself? So I sometimes say that we taught our cars how to do Kung Fu. Yeah. So what happens now? We built a feature called Amber Shield, which is available to all of our customers, fleet or individual vehicles. As soon as you reach home, imagine this technology carry. And this is just one of our business lines out of nine. I'm talking about true, genuine innovation. Imagine you drive home, uh -huh. switch off your engine, close the door and go in, inside your building and the car knows you're home and switches on the artificial intelligence to recognize A, Kerry's home. She's not going to leave anymore because it's nine, nine o'clock at night uh -huh. and switches on something called Amber Shield or rather arms itself. When it arms itself, if anybody opens the door of the vehicle while it is armed, or turns on the ignition, or breaks through the windscreen, it will immediately blow the horn, flash the light, shut down the engine, immobilize the engine so the engine won't start, and also inform our 24-hour command center that this vehicle is under uh, active threat. And how threat. long did it take for you to code it? I mean, it's one thing to conceptualize and to ideate, but how long did it take for you in your little 200, your little two by two room, to say, okay, let us get on this now. Um, I did have about eight or nine developers at that time um, wow. in India working from there to build the app. 
And um, we, I think we built it in about a month's time and launched it. And then we gave it away for free for a very long time to see how it picks up. And it's amazing that there's so many users using this feature now because you don't have to worry about your car when you're sleeping. So I'm talking, I'm sharing this experience is because where I would like our youths, our um, uh, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, our budding, mm -hmm. is to continue to innovate. Mm -hmm. We also worry about IP theft. Yes. Oh, you know, I've built something, but what if somebody else steals my idea? I can tell, tell you, my friends, be ready. Somebody is going to copy what you're going to do or what you've done and do it in a different way. So it's not an infringement, uh -huh. but they are free to do so. But where we will succeed, where we will, where nobody can catch us is when we continue to innovate. Ah. And over the last six years of Amber Connect alone, we've now built more than 60 features in an app. Wow. It's unthinkable. So this is where the uh, technology mindset has to change. Right. Kerry, to me, it's all about think ahead. Think right. about the next five years. Think about the next three years. Now, you said something earlier, and I've, I've heard it a lot, that we are huge consumers of technology, that we are not necessarily the creators. We spend a lot of money. We use our, some of us have three, four phones. We're very, very good. We know how to handle it. We know how to share information to disseminate. What do you think we have to do? And is it an educational, a lack in terms of, you know, the educational system? You know, what do we need to do to start nurturing that talent from early to be more creators rather than consumers. And there's nothing wrong with being consumers because that's how you learn. You come into contact right. with things, you figure out, oh, but this could be improved or I could do this. But how do we move from accepting information, going out into the world, serving as an employee rather than saying, how can I serve my country and even the world through technology? How do we get that mindset, mindset shift? You mentioned a very good point about um, becoming um, the, the education side of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so, so pleased to inform you today um, that over the last eight months, yes. we rolled out the Amber Heart Academy, um, which is currently training 100 youths full-time on a residential course at the Stony Hill campus of Heart, a full one-year coding training program with guaranteed jobs at oh, the end of the one year fantastic. with the Amber Group. No, that is fantastic. For me, we need to build an army of coders in Jamaica. If you look at Jamaica, we've been established market for tourism. Fantastic. We've got that niche. Yeah. Great. We've locked it. We can we do that with it. our We're eyes closed. With that. Um, coffee, there's only how much we can grow. Bauxite, we can only how much we, we can mine. Call centers, great, but it's only how much it can expand. And also, I'm a little fearful because you have voice bots and yes. chat bots and they're becoming so prevalent so fast. Correct. Um, if you can imagine the entire uh, Amber Connect business with hundreds and thousands of uh, users, we have only four support staff in the back end. Most of the job is done by the A bot itself. Yeah, artificial. So you, mm. you can chat and the bot responds and it does everything. So where is the future of this use? Mm -hmm. And I think it rests in technology. Yes. There is one field that is growing in demand by leaps and bounds on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, is software development. Yes. It's technology enhancement, technology development, whether you call it cloud, whether you call it cybersecurity, whether you call it development of software, mm -hmm. uh, de development of applications. It is uh, business intelligence, data analytics, data warehouse. That is where the world is going. 
and you know that the pandemic has pushed us all yes to think out of brick and mortar mm-hmm. to think out of our daily way of handling things and go as digital as fast as possible to to continue to make money yes now if that has become the digital requirement of the global uh, need then why should jamaica stand behind and not catch up to that race that Agreed. is why we built the amber heart academy the coding academy Agreed. for youths at no cost we uh, heart takes care of their accommodation and food and we take care of their education the laptops uh, their uh, uh, the entire academic one year training that is ooh that's fantastic no, i know i know i don't even have to look but i know because we have persons watching via youtube facebook twitter zoom vfairs i know that there are going to be youngsters saying how do we is this a, a by application do they go to your amber website you know how do persons get more information they just need to get in touch with heart and their lines are open fantastic we interview we also bringing coding in schools now which which will be announced in a short space of time you guys are the first one to hear um, <laughs> but great. imagine my dream is imagine from grade 1 yes to grade 13 if every single child grew mm-hmm. up with the knowledge of coding yes. which brings them logical thinking skills correct which brings them problem thinking problem mm-hmm. solving skills it brings them creativity it brings them challenges and i'll tell you why that's important because and going back to the sustainable development goals it is the reduction of inequality and the inequity and exactly. so what we do find is that of course you have children who are getting access to chess which is another game you know that they say you know helps you with problem solving and you have a lot of children who are getting access to coding but usually what you do is you find those within the prep schools you know it's usually the parents who who have the uh, the, the ability the power the economic power to have that accessible so if we could actually allow coding to be accessible to students in primary schools and in communities where honestly their parents could not possibly afford one day of coding exactly. much less then that would be a game changer and also remember kekari when they pass out at grade 13 okay and we also know and it is a fact in jamaica that lot of our youths because of economic reasons mm-hmm. they have to go into a very early employment correct and then they land up with jobs that they really do not want in their life but they don't but have, have to accept it correct right. and i'll give you a good uh, story couple of weekends ago i was at um um uh, ochorios mm-hmm. area at a resort mm-hmm. um just just for a weekend uh, break in the on our lovely beaches yeah. and i met this beach boy who was serving mm-hmm. um and putting the towels and on on the bench and i got chat, chatting with him how are you doing and i'm i'm like that i i love con- connecting with people, people yeah because i believe everybody you talk to you learn a little more mm-hmm. and and this is one of the key things that i would suggest to all the youths here listening listen mm-hmm. the nature the environment people around you are teaching you all the time yes. listen don't be in a hurry to speak mm-hmm. unless you're on the show <laughs> Uh, um so I met this youth um who was doing the beast all and I got talking to him and I was watching one of the aviation videos yes. that we just launched Amber Aviation in Jamaica that would fly ultralights uh for tourists and locals and that also will bring a new economy of pilots and mechanics and ground staff and ecosystem so on. and entire a big ecosystem. ecosystem by itself because I want aviation to be also known yes. in J- Jamaica very well 
and part of my business adventure and also remember everything we do mm-hmm. it's also connecting and uplifting jamaica whatever we do every single business is to contribute to the overall growth of the country elevation correct elevation so when i met this youth i was he, he just saw me seeing this video and said sir you are a aviation enthusiast look like i said yes we are launching this in boscobels shortly and we are starting amber aviation which will have micro lights and jets and yes uh, uh, for you know uh, uh, tourists and locals and and then he, he had tears in his eyes and i'm not lying he said you know i finished my ground schooling to become a pilot and my mother passed away oh no and because my mother passed away my only source who was paying for my e- education left she's finished ground schooling but he couldn't go any further so literally he's grounded he's grounded and he had no choice and the pandemic hit and he went to become a beach boy instead these are the stories that we have in jamaica there is talent there is skill there is passion this country It's is not short of short of talent this country is not short of very brainy youths who really are are, are an inspiration to me also mm-hmm. when i looked into his eyes and said you are going to become my first pilot we bringing him on board sending him to finish his pilot training he will be a pilot in amber aviation and this is what we are here for and as businesses we have to continue thinking about it if not what we prefer yes why did i start a whole amber coding academy because we are a software development company correct we build software if you use if you pay for your electricity um on your jps app that was built by us um so if if you look at the amount of software we've developed for so many com- companies in J- jamaica and globally we need a strong strong force right of of coders ourselves so for me not only that it is going to serve jamaica's economy mm-hmm. to come three class up yes because software developers are paid high they have to be right? the demand is high right. the demand is high the the salaries are high and imagine if we as amber in the next 10 years could could bring a fleet of 100 200000 developers out of jamaica companies across the world outsource. will choose to they will outsource their base in jamaica correct and that is the vision how do we bring microsoft how do we bring um, uh, uh, apple to set up their infrastructure of software development because we have a valley because we have our because own we valley. build a caribbean silicon valley in jamaica let me ask you this we can't speak about innovation um or we can't continue to speak of innovation and doing good and social good and elevating for not just citizens and communities and the world without speaking about inclusion it's a huge thing for me like it's so big for me and i find that with technology and leveraging technology we can now bring in persons who traditionally would not be represented you know in the space um what are your views in terms of even as amber increases and i don't know you know what the staff complement is but as it increases how do we uh shine the spotlight also on youth who may be paraplegic or maybe deaf or how do we now create software in a in a in a country where our deaf communities don't have software available where they can walk anywhere without an interpreter present and be able to have another business attend to them as clients and customers how do we bring them into the conversation Kerry this is a very good question by the way and and hats off that we have people in our society like yourself who Thank are you. thinking about um uh, uh this sort of an inclusion Thank you. um and to answer your first question we have a staff complement of 400 staff now 
uh, across the world, um, and this is just in six years. Uh, remember, we are still a, in a six hundred in a liquid in a, from in a, a six hundred to <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, again, we are a technological mm-hmm, company. Mm-hmm. We make technology drive eighty percent of our business. Twenty percent right. of our business is driven by human Humans. like us. Uh, I'm a huge human as well. Um, <laughs> so I think, Kerry, the, the the bottom line is when we talk about inclusion, and you mentioned about how do we deal with deaf and blind. Mm-hmm. For the blind, there are voice voice uh, speeches mm-hmm. that are now becoming very popular. Prevalent. In fact, if you log on to Microsoft or mm-hmm. Apple or your phone, Correct. it all can speak back. Correct. For example, and they have these like accessible um, icons Correct. that you can press. Correct. So even as a society, as we grow, with, whether it is a government application mm-hmm. or a private application, all applications must cater to it. Second, we also have people who are partially blind or who yes. can see very less or have eyesight issues. That is why you see all the world-class solutions will also allow you to make the text bigger yes. within their own application. Again, all of this shows as a company how much you care about the inclusion of other um, uh, uh, sections of our community who are uh, who are need of these additional s- services in the technology itself. Um, so uh, this is how it goes, and I'm not sure if at this point of time, for those who are blind, we've, we've been working on it in the mm-hmm. back end. You will see now we've integrated Amber Connect, for example, to Alexa. Great. And we thought it through because end of the day, voice assistants for those uh, who cannot visually see but can hear. Yes. Um, voice assistants are becoming the way. I can talk to Siri or I can talk to Google or I can talk to uh, Samsung Bixby mm-hmm. um, and give commands to make a call. Mm-hmm. I don't have to see my phone anymore. But when it comes to the other applications of day-to-day use, yes. whether it is I'm going to pay my tax, I'm going to do this, how can we include this, fina- uh, this, this uh, technological inclusion for every section of the society, including going into voice assistance? Yes. In fact, we're helping another very big company here which transacts on a daily basis with a lot of clients to go completely on voice. Mm-hmm. Wow. You can check your invoice, you can pay your bill, everything just through commands. Well, that would be app. amazing for, 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 for communities and I, and, and I thank you so very much. But um, I think it definitely needs to be something that we, we look at a lot more because we tend to look at the persons who look like us, who are completely fine, but then there's always this gap that you say we should always be trying, um, trying to fill. And I know if you have any questions, again, if you have any questions, um, uh, Dushan Savadi will be here with us for a little while. And so make sure that you, you load your questions, regardless of whether you're watching Regardless of the social media platform, whether it's a VFairs platform, let us know. Let us know um, your 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 questions. And so and so, we're talking about this technological um, justice and how we move the needle for the students, for the youth who think that the problem you're gonna solve has to be big, and that you need an army of people, you need all of this funding to get started. You know what do you say to them? Because sometimes a problem could be very, very simple, but we're looking at trying to be really big and trying to tackle on, you know, take on so many different things. You know, what is your advice to those persons? I think when you're thinking too big and don't know where to start, mm-hmm. I suggest go sit in front of a riv- river and throw pebbles one after another. You need to clear your mind. Mm-hmm. I think what we also forget that, yes, technology rat race is there and we need to build a business and we need to do this and that, but we should not forget that soft skills are equally important. Yes. Your ability to relax, 
your ability to be at ease mm -hmm. with yourself is as critical because if you are at ease, you will bring your environment into ease also. So from my perspective, uh, one, as entrepreneurs, as technology people who are really out there to do some good and mm -hmm. make a difference <laughs> to the society, first step, you calm down. Be patient with yourself. Allow some room for yourself to make some mistakes. And listen, Kerry, if I can tell you, I've made the worst of the mistakes <laughs> that, that, sorry, worst of the mistakes that I could have thought about. Uh, bad decisions mm -hmm. in the business and, and doing things that I, in hindsight, would never do. And how do you bounce um, back? Because that's another thing. It's the fear. So you make the mistake and there's a difference between persons who succeed as entrepreneurs because they make the mistake, they feel the sting, but they go, I've learned, let me move on. But many people feel the sting and then they go, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to feel this again. How do you bounce back? You know, this is where the question why starts. Why mm. are you doing this? Mm. Why are you doing this business? Why do you want to build technology? If it is only for a self-serving purpose, you will only grow this much. Yes. But when your business, your technology is focused on the society for the higher good of people and higher good of the nation, then I tell you, you will get the courage and strength to lift yourself back up. It doesn't matter how many times you fall, but it matters if you don't take an effort to get up. Yes. Get up. Because end of the day, look, I faced so many criticisms as an entrepreneur, because when you grow fast, there are people who don't like you. Yeah, there are people, sure. people who are going to talk um, and create rumors Mischief. that don't exist. Mischief. Mm -hmm. And I hear it sometimes and some, sometimes I see, I wonder how can I help them? Maybe <laughs> teach them some more <laughs> meditation of, of having a little more inclusiveness yes. because together we can do a lot more. Absolutely. Right? And, and Amber stands for that. We stand for doing good. And because our purpose is clear. If your business don't have a purpose, if the purpose is just let's make as much money as possible and let me be as rich as possible myself, then I tell you, you will grow, you will succeed, but there is only how much you will get. You will not, you'll make a lot of money, drive a good car, but you will not be able to attain Impact. that good sleep at yes, night. Yes, yes. Right? So to me, what is important that you define your purpose as a business. Your purpose is to create inclusion. Your purpose is to create uh, 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 solutions that solve people's problems. And if you're true to your purpose, nature will protect you and nature will take care of you. To me, we've gone through some, some big stuff also. Yes, yes. But when we went through it, I said to my team the same thing. Don't worry. We stand for good and the good will protect you. Hmm. The question you have to ask yourself, are you standing for good right now? Yes. And if that becomes the foundation the of core. your business, the nature, God, whatever you believe in, will stand by you, protect you through your difficult times. Ooh, I hope these people are saying preach, you know, because listen, I can't see the chat from where I am, I am, I am sitting, but I know that you guys are going to give us a preach. Somewhere. I mean, I know I'm 2020, you know, guys, but that, that monitor is very, very far from me. But listen, <laughs> Trisha Greer on Zoom said that the, 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 the discussion points that you're bringing reminds her of what the minister uh, said yesterday, that would be the Honorable Robert Nestor Morgan, who said that the outcomes may not all
always be equitable. There may not be equity in all of the outcomes, but there must be equity in the opportunities that we offer persons. So she said, Absolutely. great, great point. So I have some Absolutely. questions here, and we're going to get through them very quickly because you guys, I know you want to have Dushant here, Dushant here for the entire time for your own selves. So a question here is uh, from Jermaine McKenzie, watching via YouTube. What educational path traditional or non-traditional, did Mr. Savadia journey on to support the dream he now lives? So you gave us a great idea in terms of you not really having anything, not really having any vision, any nothing for yourself. But at some point in time, you realized, I need to do better. So what educational path, traditional or non-traditional, did you go on in order to get you here? <laughs> I'm a bad role model in that sense. <laughs> look, look, I'll be frank, you know, I'm... I'm not, I don't have any degrees on my side. I've not been, I didn't, like I said, I ran away. I just finished my graduation and that was it. So I'm not a very highly qualified uh, 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 academic uh, uh, path that I've had. But I can tell you one thing. When you're sincere yes. in what you want to do, mm -hmm. when you're sincere in, in, in what you want to contribute to the society, a portion of your brains just opens up. Yes. And it gives you the right ideas, it gives you the right advice, and you listen here. Not, not what comes from okay. all sides, but listen here. It will tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. When we are distant from our own self and we don't listen to ourselves, that is when things go south. So we've, I'm, I'm the founder and CEO, of course, I'm the man behind the vision, mm -hmm. but no vision is complete without people supporting it. Yes. What I have is a fantastic, brilliant management team. Michael McNaughton, my managing director, Nigel Fenty, my mm -hmm. group CFO, Denise Williams, my CCO. If you look at all these stars of Jamaica who joined Amber Group in the last three years, all of them are highly accomplished people. So what I'm trying to say is, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm not. And I'm not as bright and smart. And I have so many gaps of my own that I can't fulfill. But I also know my limitations. Yes. You must recognize where and what you're not good at and bring those people as advisors, mm -hmm. as, as support, as employees, or whatever you want to call them, your guardians around you yes. to fulfill the gaps that you can't do in the business. Oof. So you are not perfect. I can tell you right now, Oof. nobody can claim I'm good at my job. Oof. Then you must be God. Yeah, somebody in the chat says powerful. Somebody said that is very, very true. This is great. What an opportunity. But I, I think what I appreciate uh, most about this honesty is that I think a lot of us are tied down and we're crippled by, uh, by a lot of the things that we think. So traditionally, we think if we don't have that degree, if we don't have that master's or that certificate or that PhD, then we'll never amount to anything, that no one will ever take us seriously or we can't create something. And yet still, you're sitting here saying, hey, you may not have all of those things, but you can still solve. You can still critically think. You can still serve in a very big way. Exactly. You can have that conversation with yourself. So I may not have gone to school for so and so, but let me align myself to somebody who has that expertise. And I think a lot of persons will, will be inspired that you can still achieve so much, not just for yourself, but for others, even if you don't have all of this paper that society tells you you must have. And I'm sure a lot of persons agree with that. Thank you. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just share one more thing here. When I interview, I actually don't even read a CV. 
because and and please don't take this as the way forward for you i'm just speaking <laughs> of myself still do your cv still get your please cv get together please your cv study that cv <laughs> make sure you understood but i think a little differently also mm-hmm. kerry yes i do see the cv that they they've done some good work and what companies they worked for and how long they worked for does it indicate loyalty to the businesses that they've served before etc but when i meet a person what i'm looking for is not what degrees you've got mm-hmm. what i'm looking for is the attitude yeah your soft skills are you ready to learn can i coach you are you trainable mm-hmm. are you trainable can you coach me because i'm bringing you into this position because i can't do it right and do you have the attitude to serve yes the higher good do you have the attitude to serve the society or you're just here to do a 9 to 5 job yeah. take your pay and paycheck go. and rest that's not the indication of the next generation of our society build up i hear that we will fail as a society if we continued with this approach our approach has to be it's not a 9 to 5 job mm-hmm. it is my duty towards my nation it is my duty towards my family my society everybody who gets in touch with me should get a little more than what they have right now whether it is through advice whether it is through my skill whether mm-hmm. it is through my money whether it is through my even if i have a one piece of bread left and there is somebody hungry in front of me tear a little bit of it and give it to that man then you are a true human great citizen of this great nation i hear that i hear that you packed a lot of punch you packed a lot of punch um i'm going to i have three more questions to get through um kyle nia from twitter thank you for for watching says the concept of technological justice is clearly new and not wholly understood how do we ensure that awareness to technological justice and its values are heightened and employed across many scopes across the world well we could be starting with jamaica but how do we now get persons entities corporate entities private public to understand what this is heighten the awareness so that it can now be implemented so what was the name again of the, the kyle 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 i appoint you as my leader <laughs> for this it's again easy to ask what is the world going to do about it mm-hmm. let's bring it back to us what are we going to do about it Right? So, what as Kyle am I going to do about this? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe uh, is a great platform. I think what we're discussing here is the first step to this journey. Yes, I applaud uh, uh, this event yes. and and what you're trying to accomplish here is to bring about this knowledge. Mm-hmm. So all of us have to become the drivers of this conversation ourselves. And everything, guys, as you know, starts with just a conversation. two people get together exchange an idea and all of a sudden it's a business yes and you will see so many large enterprises globally have been born just out of a co- conversation so this conversation has to be repeated mm-hmm. has to be spoken more and spoken individually the word of mouth spreads lot more faster we we all know that yeah, but this is true. again coming back to the technological injustice what we want to make sure at the same time that whatever we do going f- forward make it eco friendly mm-hmm. make it sustainable yes. and make it accessible then you are not a part of that injustice then you are a part of that justice let's all of us lead by example yes. and spread the word and spread the word i hear that the last question for you uh, is what are your thoughts 
on access to technology and where does it need to grow? Thank you so very much, Jermaine. So what are your thoughts on technology now? We've established it's good, it's necessary, it can help to bridge the gap, it can help to leverage and put persons on leveling playing fields, but where does it still need to grow and go? I think technology has to uh, uh, integrate into our daily life. Mm -hmm. Technology has to integrate with all our interactions with the society, whether you're paying your tax, whether you're paying uh, for your education, whether you are buying things, ENDS 2.0, which is, which is also something that Amber built. Yes. Um, ENDS is a good example of how the government of Jamaica and hats off to PSOJ, mm -hmm. who came up with this idea that how do we take during curfew, yes. still drive the whole ecosystem of the uh, uh, food industry, right? And delivery industry. So we got approached, we built out the whole ENDS program. You can get approval for your uh, company and yes. your drivers and your vehicles. And in no time, you're still selling even during curfew. So these are some excellent examples that Jamaica is thinking forward. Mm -hmm. I think what we also get into is a lot of negative mindset. Yes. And, you know, there is a saying that if I give you 10 compliments and give you one insult at the end, I you will hold on, on to that insult for the rest of your life, but never remember those 10 co co compliments, compliments I give you. And I think our entire society suffers the same issue, right? We have so much of good happening in Jamaica, so much of good. Look at how much technology advances the government has made, corporates have made, banks have made. But when we are always focused on the lack, when we are always focused on what we don't have, guess we what? We don't see the innovation. The implementation of the innovation and execution of technology becomes difficult for all of us. Correct. Wake up and let's embrace what we have. Be grateful for what we have. And I tell you where we are now as a country, we have to be grateful because where we are, is an envy of millions of people across the world who will never even reach where Jamaica is right now. Uh, oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. On that note, listen, I mean, we came to speak about technological justice, but I think we spoke about so much more. We spoke about social impact. We spoke about even um, having those soft skills that even as we speak about technological in, uh, justice, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to code and you know how to develop and you know the technicalities and then you lack on the attitude and being ready and open and ready to learn. So I think what you did was a, 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 a masterclass. You did a masterclass on life and I'm sure everyone who was watching truly appreciates this. And when we see Amber, the Amber Group, it won't just be a company that's just there, but we will understand the seed, the seedling and how you watered it. And I think finally, before I say thank you officially, I will tell you that my, my, one of my closest friends the other day almost did not celebrate her birthday because she might have lost her son who was in a car accident and what, how they were able to get um, assistance to him was because the car had Amber Connect on it. Wow. And uh, it was her app that showed that there was impact it was the app that showed her where the impact took place. And because of that, they were able to now mobilize and to get help. And he was fine. He was actually fine. Good kid. Never gets into trouble. Um, but I, I just thought it was necessary to let you know that there's somebody who I knew personally. And she, when I called her for her birthday, she said, T, if I told you what happened to us a couple days ago, I might not be celebrating my birthday because maybe my son would not have been here. But because of Amber Connect, she was able to get the need and to get the assistance to him 
as quickly as possible. And so I am that man who walked into your office, who never lose the care, thank God. But I am a person here just to say, keep up the very good work. Um, continue to use technology and leverage technology in a way that does social good, that makes people feel safe. And I wish you all the best from coming from your little 600 square feet to now having 400 employees it is inspirational and i thank you for being very open and honest and not coming and giving people anecdotes but being very real about what life is how the cards can be dealt and how you can take these cards and still deal it in the way that you need to deal it um, in. So again, I mean, this was Dushant Savadia. I have no other words to say. CEO and founder of the Amber, Amber Group. Congratulations on the expansion of that business. And thank you so very much for sticking and for staying with us. Thank you. That was amazing. That was amazing. Thank you so very much.